Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at Season 5, Episode 17, The Perfect Guy, in which Frasier is plunged into a game of jealous one-upsmanship, not with Niles, but instead with a handsome new doc on the scene, Clint Webber. Okay, I didn't really know what to ask you this week, but I've gone for, have you ever felt the pangs of masculine jealousy? (laughs) Well, let me tell you, we're doing The Perfect Guy about a handsome doctor. And I'm yeah. spending my night with you. So oh, you know. <laughs> okay, come on, you smoother you. What can I say? Clint Webber is an actual doctor, an MD. I'm PhD, of course, but that's where he comes. I think uh, PhD came first, didn't it, Will? It did. Have I mentioned this before? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so many times. But uh, how do you deal with this? Because presumably, you know, you're, you're a fantastic lawyer in your own right, but you're going to work with some very talented people. Do you ever get jealous at work? Um... If you say no, it opens you up to all kinds of criticism. Yeah, I, <laughs> um, I think you do. I think you get. Um, I think there's a lot of insecurity in law. A lot of people in law, I think, have imposter syndrome, mm. and so I don't know if it's jealous or envious. I don't. I'll have to look into the two words and a little distinction between them. Yes. Um, but I think everyone probably thinks everyone else is better than them. So in right. that sense, have I you think, felt that yourself? Oh yeah, I have huge imposter syndrome. So really. Definitely. I mean, and also the fact that everyone is better than me. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> unless my clients are listening, in which case I definitely know what I'm doing. Don't worry. <laughs> it's just a joke. Continue to give me work, please. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think in that sense. But what I have noticed in my life, generally, every job I've had has always been a female-dominated job. Every, every team I've been in, for instance, has always been female-dominated. So I wouldn't really say I've ever had masculine insecurity in the sense of you know, Frasier thinking of the guy is so handsome and so amazing and all that sort mm. of thing. I, I wouldn't say I've ever really had that, but general insecurity. Oh, yes. That, <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got you covered there. That's really interesting to hear that your, your kind of, you know, your professional experiences have mostly been kind of, you know, with women in positions of power. So it's kind of different to, yeah, we're looking at a very masculine um, kind of stereotype of kind of cliched masculinity here. And it's nice that you, you know, you haven't necessarily had to kind of wrestle with those demons um but i'd love to know from listeners um you know do you get do you get envious of people that you work with or people in your life that just seem to be better at everything than you um i think we all i mean like niall says we all encounter one day someone who is our superior in every way Mm. do you think that person exists or do you think there's always gonna be something that you're better at than they are or do you think there's someone out there who is think of everything that you're good at and that includes, like, I don't know, making people laugh. Yes, it, undoubtedly. Yeah. <laughs> there is someone better at everything I do than me. Do you reckon but I that, think that you've, all your skills, like, all, like, honestly, say you had 50 skills quantifiable, all of them, this person. I think I've got better. 50. I don't know, five, mate. <laughs> I think um, you've got plenty. But I think that, um, I, I think it's a question of perspective, to be honest, mm. because to me, objectively speaking, there is someone who is my superior in every single way. There is some, you're funnier than me, I would say. Wow, what the um, hell, man. The, you're, really, is... you're really kissing my cheeks tonight. What can I say? <laughs> um, at work, there's a lot of people who are better lawyers than me. You know, there's the, individually, there's I think there is my superior in every way. Mm. But if you ask the right person, 
you know, if you ask my family or my girlfriend or friends, they would probably say that getting making me making them laugh means more than I don't know, Lee than Mack an objectively them funnier yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in that sense, it's a question of perspective because even though you may not be objectively as good at something as someone else, you are potentially to somebody subjectively, they'd rather have the imperfections. I love that. You know, you'd rather go, um, you know, pottery, for instance, let's say you go to a pottery course Mm -hmm. and you'd love to do ghost with someone who's, you know, you love and you're absolutely both crap at it than someone who's an expert potter. (laughs) <laughs> mostly because I'd be doing ghosts with someone who isn't Charles. You might be like, what the hell are you doing? Like, get off that woman. <laughs> but I think I think there's a real kernel of truth in, in what you've just said there. I think I really, really love that. Um, final point is who can sing better, you or me? You. You reckon? <laughs> Have you never... I've told you at the time I did. Well, no, I didn't really sing that. I've done karaoke before and it's painful. I love to do karaoke with you. If we, we can, can if you want, that. mate. Let's go to Ming Moon in Brum. That's we'll where get, I did it. It was we'll painful. We'll Chinese buffet and we'll yeah. karaoke. Two things that were made to go together. Are we inviting anyone else? Or is it just me and you with a room to ourselves? How about a weird listening karaoke themed <laughs> evening? And we can, we, we, we can only sing Buttons and Bows <laughs> for the duration of the evening. Are we at least doing the theme song as well? Or just Buttons and Bows? Of course. Of course we're doing that. Um, but l- before we get into review this week, and we talk about all things Clint Webb's Clint Webber, I'm pluralizing there. Shall we? Took ourselves into the proverbial trivia corner, and it's been a while. The bed's still cold. You know, do you want to, yeah, to jump in and warm up the sheets? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. Let's get you. I, in. I might jump, miss the bed, and end up on the floor. To be honest, <laughs> let's tuck you right in with Mr. Cam Winston, our man down under, who asks question number one: Billy Campbell, who plays Doctor Webber, and might I add, is still incredibly handsome. <laughs> Is how old as of May 2023? Okay, so how old he is now, not on the show. How old is he right now? This is a nice. No one said I was going to jump, Mr. Bed, and end up on the floor. (laughs) But I think the floor has just cracked beneath me, and I'm now on the floor below. You're now Um, on the ground floor. I'm going to say 69. Oh my God, I thought you were going to say 63, which is the answer I was looking for. So. Younger than you thought, but I like your choice of numbers. Who, who did you say? Did you say it was Billy Campbell who plays him? That's what I've got here. Have you seen him anything else? Because I thought he looked really familiar. He I'm has... now going off on a tangent during Trivia Corner. I shouldn't, but well, he does look familiar well, to I me. I think listeners will have missed these tangents, Kate. But um, <laughs> I, I, he looks familiar to me, but I couldn't say where I've seen him. Okay, so... Um, Key has currently got to just run away from the camera for a second. I'm not quite sure what he's doing. Uh, oh, he's getting a charger. He's getting a charger. So while he gets the charger, listeners, I'm going to read out question two for you to play along with at home. Uh, in Nervosa, Clint utters these French words, when asked if he can speak French. This roughly translates to what in English? I... I have a feeling I might have been able to translate this. Key, would you like me to read you this question? I've read it out to the listeners. Or did you hear me? Uh, yeah, go, go for it. Is, is this because of the seamless transition I just made? In? I was already telling them what you were doing. Okay, <laughs> wonderful. Could you hear any of my question? I could not, know. Okay, perfect. So, in Nervosa, Clint utters these French words, Suleiman, quand je raconte une belle femme, when asked if he can speak French. 
This what is the accent? This from I don't know. <laughs> this from, I'm this so from sorry to any French listeners. We have. Okay, Belle Femme, I think is beautiful woman. Yes, it is. So Suleiman, Quand, Je Reconte. Is it? Oh, is it? Maybe I can't recall such a beautiful woman. You're you're really close. So Suleiman oh. is only. I was getting confused with usually. Um, okay. So it's only. Quand is when, and mm. Je Reconte, as in reconnaissance, I see only oh. when I see a beautiful woman. I thought reconnaissance is in recall. Uh, well, that that is that's a where good I was guess. going with. But um, okay, I can't. Was it when only when I see a beautiful woman? Yeah, which I mean, that's smooth. That is smooth, isn't and it? I mean, she's not a guy who can just chat a girl up in. Well, yeah, but everything sounds good in French. That like if true. someone said, like, I mean, when Frasier said, you know, you look, was it, you look like a, a chick's beak or a bird's beak, something like that, in Mandarin, it still sounded good. Yeah, chicken beak. If it someone, did sound good. if someone said that to me, I'd be like, oh, thank you. Um, so I just go with it. <laughs> I'll just go with it. Okay. Next question. What do we see a man, in quote marks, because it's part of the quote, do for the first time? What does Fraser say? Got one. Oh, nice. I what think we've it? just seen someone in himself. Absolutely. An incredible line, which we're going to get to in the review, because for years I didn't understand what this joke was. <laughs> Did you not? No, because it's the way Fraser says in himself. I'm I'm imagining this kind of impossible. You had like person. a kangaroo situation. Right? That's, what I'm, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Literally yes, a, a kangaroo situation. So, um, it is Gil ends himself when convincing the KCL crew he is happily married man and not gay. Uh, trivia from Father Mike: What wine is advertised in Robert's shop? This is not going well. Um, this is, is quite, it? This is quite a hard one. Do they say it? I. Don't know. Something to nerf. You, are you thinking like Chateau Neuf de Pap? Yes, Chateau Neuf de Pap. That is incorrect. <laughs> I was looking for <laughs> Beaujolais Nouveau. So, new Beaujolais. Oh, Beaujolais Nouveau. One of the newer wines, actually. One of the newer spark. wines. Um, trivia from Niall Crane. When they arrive at the station after the squash game, what is Roz eating? Oh, a chocolate that I think tastes disgusting. Is it Hershey's? Yes, it is. You're gonna you're gonna yeah. incite the ire. Don't get it. America Amer- there. If if the American people can explain to me what's with Hershey's, because it, it doesn't taste good. It's I, yeah, bad. I mean, it's objectively I've taste, bad. I've tasted Hershey's and it's awful. It tastes like yeah, it tastes like baby sick. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. I was gonna say it tastes like vomit. It genuinely yeah. does. I don't it's, understand it at all. It. I think it's just like, packed with. I want to say like sugar and sweeteners and things. But I always thought that in America they had less sugar in their in their chocolate than us because and I always remember the episode may, of The Simpsons when they're like, the oh, it's European, stuff. there's more sugar. Ah, oh, possibly. Mm. Splendor. They packed it with Splendor. Splendor. Packed it with Splendor. Um, who knows? Who knows? Um, I think there's a slight delay currently, Key, on the... Uh, on the. Yeah, I think there is. Yeah, Only about a second or so, so I think we're going to power through. Um but yeah, hopefully that clears up. Uh, trivia from Little Bobby Briscoe. There is a sign behind the counter at Robert, uh, Robert's Gourmet Goodies. What does it say? It's two words, and it attests to the produce. 
oh like so is it something like um accredited quality or proven quality something like that you're so close something quality i think it's unsurpassed quality which oh that's so much better than what i was saying i'm inclined to kind of give you at least half a point there um <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I, that okay, sounds this, foreboding this this question's insane. Trivia from Amy here. Run for your life. Strap in for this one, lads. She has okay. put. Can you list everything that winds Fraser up about Clint throughout the episode? I have counted 21, but if you can get 10, I'll accept that. Okay. Let's do this. So we're, we looking, for, this. Okay. we're looking for 10 characteristics or attributes. He's handsome. He's handsome. He went to Oxford. Yeah. Masters yeah. in French history. Mandarin. Yeah. He's yeah. Jose Cazorra's godson. Um, yeah. He, um, oh, the chess. He, he fixed, the, he identified the chess move. Yeah. He, do, 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 do. he made the drink like the Pink Weber. Pink Weber, that's a good name. It's a good name. Um, oh, is it that he's really good as a doctor that he, he points him out on his show that he's wrong? Yeah, he's, um, he, well, the fact that he's a doctor, yeah, yeah. Um, what else? What else? What else? He hated so many things about him. Um, oh, he corrects his story about that guy. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's he... that's one of those egregious thing he does oh, in this no. episode. That's <laughs> awful. <laughs> you were just doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, he does the thing with the. Is it the wine? Does he fix like the wine freezer or the wine cooler or or something to do with wine? Yes, I'm trying to find it on here because he does do something. Um, he fixes Fraser's ice machine. Fixes the ice machine. Um, that's ten. That's ten. But if okay. you want to name a few more, keep going. Oh, I don't know. Um. Is it that he stops traffic with his beauty? He does stop traffic with his beauty. That was um, one. But was that actually one? That's one. Oh, okay, wonderful. Um, That's one. Oh, I'm running low now. I think. Was it, it, it the cough thing he says about the cough button? He, he's the radio. He's in the radio thing at school. Absolutely. Um, have I got that here? Yes, he ran a radio station in college. That was number twelve. Okay. Um... Okay, that's, we'll be here all night if I keep trying to get the rest. There's a few more things, um, but absolutely superbly recalled there. Um, we had, like, he recites a sonnet. Oh, a um, sonnet, He was squash champion in college. He speaks French. Um, he saves Marie from going into unnecessary cancelling. Is, is he speaks French separate to he studied French history? Yes. He's, right, but I think they're two very similar things. I think if you do French history, you can probably speak French. I don't know. I feel like you could study you could study French history and not necessarily speak French. Well, is it is it history in French or or is it the history of France in English? Oh no, no, French history will be the history of France in French or English. Probably English. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I didn't write okay. the course. <laughs> the, 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 the academics really falling through here. <laughs> um, but that's a pretty superb. Um, attempt at least at that question, um, and you got the Hershey's <laughs> one, which is good. <laughs> oh, the shade, the shade this kid is showing. Okay, well, it's time for you to cast some shade over me because I've. If you got some questions for me that I'm not okay, going to get yeah, right, I do have some questions for you that were put together rather last minute. Um, That's fine. 
We so number that. one, and they're on, they are nowhere near as detailed as, as the other question. <laughs> but uh, I'm grateful one, for that. How much was the goat cheese? Ooh, nice. It's somewhere in the region of 13 to $18. Um, if any American goat cheese uh, sellers are listening, Will is willing to pay up to $18 for goat cheese. He considers that reasonable, okay? That is where you should pitch your ass. <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm going to say $13. Oh, well. $14. Ah! That yeah. was also what I nearly said. It was fourteen fifty for biscuits, so the goat cheese is cheaper. The li- Nickerson's lemon biscuits. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Okay, question number two. Describe to me Applewood. Oh, I know it's cheese. Um, it's... Oh, what does he say? Um, part of me wants to say it's nutty. I want to... I'm thinking maybe he says it's nutty. Yeah, it's not nutty. You've got a bad batch there, mate. <laughs> um, uh, you're going to have to tell me. I think it is firm with a velvety rind, but smoky. Now, that sounds really nice. It does sound nice, doesn't it? That, but also, that feels like it could describe pretty much anything. From a <laughs> chair, to a jacket, to a whiskey, to a cheese. That that that's pretty true actually. That's pretty true. It's actually remarkably I'm just generic. To very early, very early to this podcast when you said you had cheese on something, and I just went cheese. Cheese. <laughs> no, did, did you go warm? Warm. That was it. Warm. <laughs> okay. Final question. Can nice. you get off the mark here, mate? Lay it and, on, out of curiosity, have you been getting them right while I've been away? Oh God, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, occasionally one or two out of three, but I haven't got a three out of three in some time. <laughs> okay. Finally, last question. What is the name of Clint's show? Oh. Oh. That's a good one. I'm, it's not right, but I'm just going to say, like, medical hour. I don't think it's that. I... I think, and it is only said once, so I might have misheard. I think it's Health Watch. It is Health Watch. Mm. That's a nice name. That's better That's than better than Medical Hour. <laughs> medical Hour. No I mean... one's tuning into Medical Hour. <laughs> medical Hour feels like it could be anything. Like it could be anything from a sitcom to a like a Grey's Anatomy style drama to a documentary. Yeah, it could feasibly be both. Basically, generic is the word of is is my word of the day. I mean, it's a good word. It's a good word. Um, do you have another for me? I... I got. Did you ask me three? Yeah, it's three, yeah. Okay, sorry. No, that's fine. I'm just putting you on the okay. spot to you, make up another one. You want to give up now? No, that's, that is that is perfect. Thank you very much, Jay. Right, let me head over to um, MK. I think MK has deferred his, his trivia, actually, to hammy this week he's got some fun bits but um i think all of the that was why there was quite a lot under the hamsters so that is everything for trivia call this week thank you all as always um keep it coming in you guys entertain us to no end shall we jump into the review key let's jump right in let's jump right in it's your first first plunge for a while has it failed to be back in the waters i'm enjoying the icy depths icy depths love that um animation watch key 
Okay, right. So I yeah, let's do this. I don't think there is any. If no, there, there is, any. it's a singular red dot that I missed. If I blinked it, if I blinked, there I don't think there is any. There isn't no. an animation. And how does that make you feel? It's just a bit pointless, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it just you've got stock animation. You can do it. Do a little. Give us a lift going off. Yeah, just, you know, just give me a lift. Give me a red light. Give me a banner flown yeah. by a biplane. You know, across the skyline. Don't give me nothing. Exactly. Lloyd. Um, Nars is sampling the cheese. Uh, I, I did make a note here to ask you, Keith, please tell us about your favourite cheese again. I now remember it was warm. Yes, warm cheese. Your um, favourite type of cheese is warm cheese. Yeah, but do you know what? I'm remarkably... Actually, no, that's not true. I was going to say I'm remarkably unfussy as long as it's warm. That's not true. I, I'm not <laughs> eating anything that tastes like mouldy or anything that's particularly strong. I'm the mildest cheese you can get. The mildest of cheddars. Do you know what kind of strength number is on the packet that you buy? Wait, they put strength numbers on packets? Oh, yeah. So, so cheddar in this country has a number on. Um, typically, you're going to see a lot of threes. So Charles' family have a lot of threes. In my house, we, we pack a five. Um, Wait, what's the difference? What's stronger? Is it like golf? Oh, oh boy. Um, Sorry, is it? Okay, a three is gonna, you know, it's gonna scratch your chest a little. A five, it's gonna put like a Tarzan rug on your chest. Can you get ones? I'm possibly. <laughs> is that you? That's me. <laughs> That's just those single slices of American cheese. You know what? I don't mind them. They're all I, right. Prone to like them on on a barbecued burger. Um, so was it like a really awkward moment at like your family versus was it like the jets and the sharks like you're coming together and um and you're like we're, we're a five in this household <laughs> i mean uh, to be fair they the, the fam our families uh, other than kind of in a in a slightly informed capacity haven't really haven't dined on cheese together yet um <laughs> but on cheese. i will say i i've been known to go up to seven before wow and it was just unbridled pleasure is that making it before it's even moving like processed? Is that I mean, like just eating whatever the stage before cheese is? Whatever's plopping out of those udders. <laughs> I'm, I'm eating. <laughs> I mean, um, I only found out, like, do you know the little, is it Petit Foie, the little yogurt thing you can petit get? Petit Foie Yeah, Foie yeah. That's That's like cheese, isn't it? It's a form of cheese. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, is that not a form of cheese? I think it might be. I thought it was just kind of, is it fromage or something? Oh, maybe it's Petit Fromage. There is a, there's a form of yogurt that I thought was a yogurt, but it's not a yogurt. It's a kind of cheese. And oh. honestly, it blew my mind. Well, petit fromage, yeah, would, would mean small cheese. Um, yeah, petit, I think it's petit falou. Yeah, petit falou are the little yogurts, and they're like the ones, the adverts that make your bones grow stronger. Yeah, but I think that's cheese. I thought it's just yogurt, mate. It's just yogurt. Right. I've got delish.com. That's a reliable source. <laughs> that The headline says, Petit Falou isn't actually yogurt and we're not sure how to feel ellipsis. What? And it's a yogurt. No, sorry, it's not a yogurt. It's a cheese. It's a cream cheese. Well, to be fair, it is called fromage fray, which I think is... The fun cheese. Y yeah, the fun cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there you go. Uh... Petit Falou is made from fromage fray, which is made using a cheese culture rather than a yogurt culture. Um, it's thicker and essentially is a soft cheese. See? Although what I delicious. love, though, is there is an entire like, generation of listeners to this show who've, who've grown up on you and Steve, who don't know who I am. 
and and now <laughs> that is not it, true. it's been complete like direct relevancy and i've come back and like what the hell's he on about we want to where's the fraser what's going we're, on we're, we're back to no straight talking <laughs> relevancy here um like the reviews of old um the six dollar can of dog food in robert's that's pretty outrageous for dog food, isn't it? I'll tell you what, his entire shop is outrageous. Yeah, you know? is. I mean, I know there's a cost of living crisis, but I'm not paying that. However, oh, there's something deeply, deeply enjoyable for me about these kind of deli shops. I love going in them and thinking, I can't afford anything in here, but I, I'd love to meet the guy who can. Um, <laughs> you know, just imagining someone going in there and buying a jar of olives from from a delicatessen. That's, that's just insane. I can picture you in a few years, like you've got kids, you've settled down, you've got it's Christmas time, and like you're getting not listening, (laughs) you're scared to death. (laughs) You're getting really random meats at Christmas. You're like, hi guys, I've got like some goat, like lateral goat meat, like just made a meal from goat. I I mean I I do that, but I'm probably going to end up going pretty pretty veggie because of Charles. I think I've given up lamb. I don't know if this isn't news, but I no longer eat lamb. Oh wow! See, I've never really eaten lamb. I mean, Um, I've barely. Ever have it, but like... I do love that we're going on completely different trajectories because you've given up lamb. I never ate lamb, but Steph loves lamb, so I've just started know. eating. Lamb. Is 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 Steph sick? Is she evil? You know, is that she's she's eating little baby sheep? Um, I don't know, but I've I've I've, I've I don't encounter it much in my home life, but because I get I get lunch at work, I'm very privileged. Sometimes there's lamb on the menu. I have to I have to have something else. Wow. See, or whenever I think like of lamb. Options. I think of the Simpsons, mm. like Lisa. Yes. Like, and then why has he got the voice of a lamb? <laughs> uh, I, it's been so long since it's a nice Simpsons reference I've heard of you. That's amazing. Um, DHP's French pronunciation in Robert's shop is sublime. Oh, it's um, beautiful. Like that is just poetry. Um, so gorgeous to hear. And then Robert sliced like the wind. He's trying to get Robert on his big deli slicer to just get this meat cut because Martin's going off on one behind Niles. You know, extra virgin. How's that work? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go Martin. out on a limb here and risk the ire of perhaps you and others. Martin is massively in the wrong in the in this scene. Um, and I think I think he's he's rude. I think he is arrogant and dismissive. And even a little xenophobic. Okay, on the one hand, he is all of those things. Okay, I'm gonna, I've on, got to hear this other hand. Okay. On the other hand, it's kind of funny. I mean, he, oh, it thing is, is funny. he is everyone's dad, I feel, in this moment. Oh, yeah. Like, just yeah. complaining about prices. The little look when he goes, extra virgin. How's that work? How's that work? <laughs> just, <laughs> it's such a dad comment. So um, but he, you, you are right. He is, um, he is completely in the wrong. And he should effectively just sort of keep his mouth shut, I because, so. um, and the fact that he insists like that Niles walks out with him. Yeah, I hate that. Just, just leave, mate. All you've got to do is leave, and and yeah. you know for a fact that Niles still likes that place, and he knows Niles is going to go back there anyway. Yeah. So it's all it's all for ceremony. Don't stand yeah. on ceremony and deny a man his deli meats. Mm. You know, let Niles buy. But he still buys the dog food. Does he? Yeah, because he gives it to Eddie, and then Eddie won't eat anything else. Oh yeah. So I mean, your is principles because it, it it's part of Niles's order. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he buys it 
No, because he no, he must buy. He definitely buys it because Eddie won't eat anything else. I'm no, not maybe sure. he buys it, and then whilst Nars bar is buying, he's yeah. in the background looking at everything else. But we, I mean, we he's got all this. the. He has got all the principles of the PGA Tour. Okay. I was just watching a video about that. That's weird. Right. I don't. I don't know what's happened, but. And if I was Tiger Woods, having turned down seven hundred or something million dollars to join Live, and then they've joined them anyway, I'd be fuming. Yeah, I mean he should have cashed in. But fair play to him, Rory et al. They stuck by their principles. They've now got Absolutely. a suck, they've not suck swallow a very bitter pill. Mm. Um, but but hey, look, we can do topical stuff. It's not just South Park who come up with their content at the last minute. It's look us too. Look at us talking about golf. Um, apparently there's a really good documentary on the BBC about the history of the ashes that I'm going to check out as well. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen... Okay, we're formally into tangent territory now. I don't know if you've ever seen the test on um, Amazon Prime. It follows when um, Justin Langer took over as the Australian coach. When? What year was that? Oh, I mean, they're going back a few years now. It's just, it was, I think, about a year before the last... No, possibly the last ashes or possibly two ashes ago. How often is the ashes contested? Is it not every two years? Is it two? Or is it, uh, is it, or is is it one it, year? Is I think it bi- it's two years. Oh, so that, that's biennial. Yes, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was just before he took over as the Australian coach. And it's really interesting. Even if you're not into cricket, I'd recommend it because it's just so interesting to see him as a leader and him picking up a, a group of men who are obviously experts effectively in their field, but so low on confidence and so torn apart by the way they've been playing and, and just how he moulds them into a team. It's fantastic watching, so... Whether you like cricket or not, I'd recommend it. Although that said, I've not seen the last episode because I know they beat England in the Ashes and I refuse to watch that. So, <laughs> so I've only we, we seen seven episodes. We don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, home delivery, which of course, Niles, thank you. Uh, and the olives as well. He doesn't forget the olives. Do you like olives? Um, I don't think I've ever had olives, but I imagine now. Okay, I like the green ones. Be wary of the black ones. That's all I'll say. Interesting. Yeah, green ones have got a bit of a salty savouriness. The black ones, things get a little too crazy for my liking. Um, Fraser being flirted with here. Um, yes, by, by is it by Sharon? This lady. I think. Um, can't remember. Yeah, I think her name is Sharon. What do you What do you make of this interaction? This scene. Yeah. Okay, this is going to sound really bad, but I. I just feel that at the moment with what's going on in the UK and, and particularly what's going on at ITV, mm. just inter-office romances, just they're not a good thing. It's not a good look, is just it? Just a bit awkward. And, and it sounds dreadful. The first thing that this, this scene came up, the first thing I thought, well, what's the age difference there? Because mm. um, I How should say she does very much look an adult. Um, I did. think it's a, it's a very different situation to what is going on at ITV at present. Um, yes. But I just... It, it's an interesting one. It's also really interesting in that it doesn't go anywhere. They get a cheap joke about a line in Mandarin at the end of the episode, and that's and it. It is as, cheap. It is cheap. Yeah, there, there's nothing else in between, and it's it's an interesting one. It would be so much more interesting to see it as an episode where Fraser is dating a coworker, and you can see sort of explore how that plays out, and. Mm. You know, even do a few runs of that, do a few episodes where he's dating a co-worker and you can see all the problems and the pitfalls and, and you know, the, the obvious root of hilarity. But yeah. they don't do that. It's just a nothing story. I just don't understand it. Yeah, you're, you're completely right. But we do get an incredible delivery from Kelsey, which is, I think something like that is fraught with delightful possibilities. <laughs> I mean, the horn dog is at it again. <laughs> it's got to be... 
I do, it's got to be said, I think there's a lot of really good one-liners in this episode. Oh, there is. There's this so is a many. strong episode across the board, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, particularly in the next scene. Of, if we're calling him going into his booth a new scene. I mean, um, it is, yeah. I would then the, the next scene, particularly when like Gil and, and um, Bulldog <sighs> get there. She's not a cat. <laughs> Such a good line. Honestly, me and Jack, Jack, Jack Ollis, we quote that line so often. Uh, she's not a cat. She's a Sarah Lawrence graduate and a, the owner of a very successful auto body repair shop. I mean, Sarah Sarah Lawrence is like a liberal arts college, but I don't understand the joke in in her going there because obviously her owning an auto body repair shop is like, oh ha ha, she's very masculine. Um, you know, is she kind of Gill's beard to use kind of really outdated and awful terminology? But of course, we're kind of contextualizing it with the nineties, um, or is Sarah, or is Sarah, does Sarah Lawrence graduates have a particular association, perhaps with kind of non-heteronormative sexuality? Well, I don't know. I mean that that joke was completely lost. I mean, I was like Sarah, I just missed it a bit. Um, but I don't in, get it. It would be. I wonder if because it's seen as very liberal, it's seen as maybe a bit of a sort of free love sort of more maybe that's diverse, it. sexually diverse sort of group. I think that's a very good show, actually. Yeah. I think it's about kind of sexual diversity at that college, but listeners will know because they're American and maybe they know about Sarah Lawrence. So please, please let us know. Do you ever think we should look into sort of stuff that I we mean, talk if you, about? If, if you've read some of our recent reviews, people quite they're rightly not... call us out on the fact that we basically never look this stuff up. Um, I think that is is an endearing quality. Actually, we want I, to I learn think more. It's lazy and unprofessional, and we want but... <laughs> you to teach us, listeners. Okay. <laughs> Um, no, people have called us out on that on the reviews, and I just want to say you're absolutely correct. We absolutely should do those things, and and sadly, I just find that I I just don't. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I thought you were going to say we absolutely should do it, but we're absolutely not going to. <laughs> no, no, we should do it, and we will try harder. It's just it is it is time consuming, and we often have to squeeze these episodes in amidst our busy lives. Um, though someone on, on, on Twitter recently didn't think this is a particularly time-consuming hobby and that we should just pull our fingers out. Um, but yeah, you know, people who have, have complained about that sort of thing, you've got you've got more than enough stuff to, to as, back As up. somebody who doesn't have any... Well, I have I've Instagram and that's it, no other social media. And um, I wondered like, last night before doing this, whether I was like, oh, I wonder if like the podcast has gone really big since I've been away. Maybe it's exploded in popularity. And I Googled it, and um, that Twitter review is the first thing that came up. Really? What, that that that, it, that person who it, replied well, a few days the, ago? The the Twitter like page came up, and you click on it, like the first thing you see is someone saying, it really isn't that time-consuming. Maybe you should just both wait until you're both back. Yeah, yeah. Well, people can go and check Twitter out if they want to see that. I don't. I'm not airing this person on 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 the pod. They are they're allowed to to make their criticisms that I took some umbrage with, and people might see that on Twitter. Um, Roz losing her mind uh, here. Don't always love it when they play this gag. Um, yeah. Roz is a successful career woman who's incredibly. Um, success. What's the word I'm looking for? Incredibly, um, I can't. I'm trying to think of her her kind of proficiency with wooing men. She's yeah, she, she's she's very eligible. She's very good at attracting yeah, and, men, and she's very articulate in the sense of engaging with men, talking to men. She's not yeah. like a shy, 
is it shrieking violet the phrase where you're shrinking you know, you're not violet, shrinking yeah. violet you're not speaking to anybody you know it, it's it's really strange to see her in this light where you would think that she's never gone on a date in her life and she's terrified of men because yeah. it's not her and it's men really... are the shrinking violets in her presence aren't yeah. they um yeah. so i get it clint's so attractive even ros loses her mind mm-hmm. but not necessarily that plausible for me she should just be like in in cougar mode from the start like i've got to pursue and woo you say cougar mode is she much older than oh no no how old do you think he is in this when i say cougar i just mean she's got to be kind of like in predator mode um no i don't mean it in a cougar sense as in how it's actually supposed to be used i reckon i reckon he is he is ros's age and how old's that well i want to say about 37 oh i was gonna say 35 that's close Maybe maybe Ross is a bit older, uh, a bit younger than I've said, and I reckon Clint is is kind of yeah thirty six, thirty seven mm. as well. Um, Interestingly, women throw themselves really. I think we off the top of my head, I can think of no less than three different women all expressing interest in in getting with Clint during this episode. Yeah, he doesn't really show any interest back. He That's... he treats everyone exactly the same, courteous, but not much more than that. I think. He's, he's, he's a charming. real stand-up guy, isn't he? He is. He just seems like a really great guy. I tell you what, he's up there with Clive. He is up there with Clive. Yeah. Um, I really like him. <laughs> Steve will be happy to hear that. Steve's a big fan of Clive. Um, yeah, I just think he could have. Yeah, he could have had his fill, had his pick here. Um, they can't play that he's actually fancies Nas or Frasier card because we've had that with Tom Duran. Um, but, Another yeah. very handsome male star on this show. Very handsome indeed. I, I actually, I would go as far to say I think Eric Lutz has a more interesting physicality to him. Um, Clint, Clint is obviously more masculine and attractive, but I'm more, I'm a more intrigued by Eric Lutz. People, vote, vote, please phone in. I know this, this is not a phone-in show, but phone in. Eric Lutz, or is it Clint? Yeah. Billy Billy Campbell or Eric Lutz, who are we going for? Tom Duran or Clint Webber, who would you rather take you out to La Cigar Valon for a night of debauchery? Um, let's see where we are next. So, uh, yeah, so Frazier kind of admits to, to Ross, yeah, well, um, I'm clearly... He and I are not in the same species. Well, I was going to say <laughs> league, but species is so much more insulting, um, which is just wonderful. Um, and who am I now, Guy? I must admit, I didn't notice he was that handsome. <laughs> really? You? Yeah. All people. What are you insinuating? <laughs> Honestly, girl just comes in and he just <laughs> he just he, he makes a whirlwind and just leaves again. It's just phenomenal. It's so good. I absolutely love it. He is just so brilliant in every scene. And we say this all the time. He needs to be in more. It's why the impossible yeah. dream is in my top ten. I need more gill in my life. Um and yeah, just Bulldog's funny, his physicality and his eye contact. Dan Butler doesn't kind of know where to look in this scene, and that makes it even more realistic. And you know, how many times have I said Deb will be waiting? We thought Deb was your cat. She's not a cat. <laughs> Can you say she's not a cat just one more time? She's not a cat. <laughs> he really just gets his gets his kind of hackles, his heckles. Okay, you okay well, actually, bonus trivia question for you. Yes. What would be signs of a man who is possibly gay or in Girl's view, not signs that a man is gay. Uh, he dresses well and knows how to use a pastry bag. <laughs> yes. Sorry, there was a massive, massive delay there, in my, my There response. was at my end for about a good 10 seconds. You were going, uh. 
Um, so listeners, I'm so sorry for whatever you can hear right now. Um, the fact we moved to this new software and it makes editing the audio um, much harder because they're on different tracks. So if I delete my delay, then we're out of sync. There is a much neater way of doing this, but I'm not very good at it. So we're going to have to put up with the delays this episode and I'll, I'll try and kind of practice on this episode to get better. But yeah, it is. It is he dresses well and he uses a pastry bag. That is correct. That is correct, yes. Thank you again. Just give your confirmation there. Um, so, yeah, we, we know that Deb is quite masculine. We have the line, that's the first time I've seen a man in himself, um, which I obviously now realise what it means. But for years, I didn't know what Frasier meant. I was like, what do you mean, in himself? I thought, does he mean he's big-headed or he's arrogant or... I don't know. I mean, I wonder if... To out someone. Is that an American phrase, do you think? I imagine it must be an American phrase. I think it's it must... more American than it is here, but I definitely yeah. think we have it here in Britain. Oh, we, we certainly do now. I'm just thinking in the 90s, would it have been more of an... Is it one of those American phrases? UK, it was more about the closet, wasn't it? Possibly, yeah. I think... I mean, all of these are so dated. Yes, um, remarkably I, so. I think, I think that is what I have heard more. Um and yeah, maybe outed or inned. Well, inned is, isn't a thing. Um, it's no, a I, thing don't, I don't think it's a thing. Joke. But yeah, outed, maybe it is more of an American thing in the 90s. Um, but either way, you know, uh, uh, slightly homophobic at, at yeah, this point. It... Um, but Gil, Gil is, is phenomenal and, and it's very, very funny here. Um, coffee count in Novosa. I've got two here. Gonna have to ask our man Steve for the count because I did go back my through my notes to the last few episodes and I can't remember the last time we actually had a, a definitive. But we're, we're around like a hundred and hundred and fifty to a hundred and eighty somewhere in that general ballpark of coffees. Um, Fraser just can't stop with the mythological references now. I'd say what I think. Do we get four separate mythological references in this scene? So we have Narcissus bending to the pond. We have um, Zeus. Zeus. We have um, like the Icarus. guy who's Icarus who flew too high. And then there and is one more. I think um, there is, and it's in my notes, and I don't think I'm going to be able to easily see it in my notes very quickly. Um, have, have a look, because I I was adamant that I thought it was just the three. I thought he opens with Icarus. He then talks about being Narcissus, and then he end, and Martin ends with the... I thought... Is it not like a Hercules one where... Martin makes a little joke. Well, like, I could be wrong. He could be a movie star. He um, certainly says Zeus. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is just three. Bender. Either way, Frasier's on fire. Oh, thank you, Dad. Yeah. I was quite impressed with that one myself. <laughs> um, well, I will say, just before that bit, there's, yes. I think, three things. Obviously, we go in to Nervosa, and, and Niles, and, Eddie, and, Niles and, and Martin are there, and they're discussing Eddie. So this is where we find out that, one, he did buy the, the fancy food because Eddie won't eat anything else. Yeah. I love the phrase. He turned his nose up at a kosher pickle. What's a kosher pickle? <laughs> I think all pickles are kosher. I assume that too. That's a joke, I think. Uh, but, I, but, but I think for him to say that, they, there must be a difference between that and regular pickles. I don't know, but it just it sounds so fun, a kosher pickle. Yeah. Do you like pickles? I've never had pickles, Will. I have a jar full of them in the fridge. So uh, in, in the UK, we call them gherkins. Um, oh, is that is that what gherkins are? That's what a gherkin is, um, but like a, a whole a whole gherkin, like the size of a small sausage, not like a mini one, like a, a you know a kosher pickle. 
a kosher pickle. And, uh, so it's and fun, right? So I call them pickles, but obviously that's because I've been horribly Americanized by kind of my, my culture and my interests, which I say horribly with tongue in cheek. I, I love American culture. But... It, it's interesting, and I will get back to the episode in a minute, uh, that you say about you being Americanized, because I don't know if... I went to see my cousins in Ireland at the end of November, and I don't know if I've mentioned this on a podcast, or even if I've done a podcast episode since then. I, we definitely did one around Christmas, so we've done one. I don't know if I've mentioned on the pod. Um, but I was, when I went to see my cousins, mm. they grew up in England, yeah. moved back to Ireland, because that's where their dad is from and grandparents <clears throat> from, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the, the eldest one, who is about 18, 19, late teens, she sounds English. To listen to her, you'd think London. That's where mm-hmm. she grew up as a kid. The middle child, to listen to her, she sounds Irish because she moved back there when they were young enough that she's taken on the Irish accent. The youngest sounds American because he spends so much time watching like YouTube and things like that that he's picked up an American accent from that. Wow. Which is insane, I, isn't it? For, I have a feeling you might have talked I about this. I feel like I may have told you about this. But only because like I'm not as as surprised as I, I, I should be. Yeah. Hearing that troubling news. Um I don't know. Well, yeah. well diving right back into the app. Um there's another point I wanted to make. But it is it is troubling. That, it is really it. troubling. And it's really interesting actually to see. I wonder. I imagine like English tutors and, and academics are gonna be just thrilled at the prospect of of how are dialects changing in our multicultural interconnected world are we seeing those dialects break down mm. um i don't know i mean you know, I've, I don't... I've, I've still got a brummy accent and you know people when i go to london i'm always in london and they will always pick up on the brummy accent so oh yeah yeah my, my, mine is 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 broad although people from birmingham think i sound posh you sound people, posh to me yeah. i've heard people say this but i i just i hear a I, brummy accent i just think it's because you enunciate correctly whereas most brummies like me do not see i was having a big debate about this at school because i i i'm still a soft t person i'll say beautiful i won't say beautiful yeah beautiful and beautiful, i will drop yeah. and i will drop my ing's like i've been thinking about this i won't say i've been thinking about this I've been thinking. I, uh, sometimes I will, but sometimes I'll drop ing. That's a brummy thing. Yeah. And I had a massive issue. I, I spoke about this before about th fronting. So mm. um, no one in primary school ever picked me up on getting my ths as f's. Right. That irritates me. I know people who always pronounce a th as an f. So they would say free, and I'd be like, "Well, do you mean three or yeah. free? What are we talking about here?" Yeah. And. I was I was never corrected on it, so I have to do it myself. And still, to this day, I will make mistakes because I'm thinking about it all the time. When I mean to say death, as in the philosophical idea, you would say I, death. I will say death because I'm I'm trying so hard to get it right. I actually end up getting it wrong. Um, it's mad, it's awful, and I hate it when it accidentally slips out. But I'm a lot better at, at dealing with it these days. Well, um, we love you regardless. Will. Well, that is a wonderful thing. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. Um, um, oh, but also, yeah, the one other thing. Go, go, go. Robert's uh, Robert. deli shop um, yeah. is called Frenchies. I would have imagined a posher name for a place Is like it, this. or does he just say go back to Frenchie's shop, as in he's he's calling Robert Frenchie? Oh, that makes a lot more sense. 
<laughs> when he goes, oh, Frenchie's shop. So I thought, oh, maybe Frenchie's, that it's the name of the shop. But I was thinking that's really not unappropriate. I don't, is that the name you would have? Um, that, that's not appropriate. Oh, that's that went completely over my head and now I'm a little embarrassed. Well, I'm <laughs> glad that we cleared that up because otherwise you'd have been really, you know, what the hell? He'd have been really deep in the, into that misconception. Um, <laughs> we've got, so Clinton Ross's jeans are very similar here. Did you notice this? You know, actually, I didn't, I didn't. very similar shade of blue um, to the point of I'm thinking the prop team just had two pairs of jeans and they just threw them on them because they got those Levi's in bulk. Okay. They, got, they got them in bulk and they've got to get through their order. Um, I don't know why, but I love Frazier's delivery of having a summer in Milan studying the history of opera. The delivery of it, the romantic dream of the scholar alone in a foreign city in the summer, studying something so elitist and yeah, the 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 honestly, you can taste the privilege in that sentence, yeah. can't you? And I love every second of it. <laughs> um, I just think he, this is such a romantic idea of the academic, and I guess my own frustrated dreams of academia teased out in the in what he has here what he what he what he shares but there's something that sounds so lovely about that summer don't you think oh it sounds absolutely wonderful doesn't yeah. it i mean, I mean I'm although not sure how much fun i'd have studying opera but you know <laughs> yeah you are that's a fair point yeah <laughs> is, is milan really the home of opera in italy i think it is i think it's arguably the home of opera i, okay, I don't know i don't know so la scala is the famous milan opera house okay. um but I'm, I don't know where the... Because I feel like visually, in terms of that sentence, like the summer in Venice studying the history of opera, I think would be much more visually beautiful than... Really? This. See, I, yeah, I love I, Milan. Do you? But I think it's because I associate Milan as the fashion capital of the world, yeah. so it is a vibrant place. See, whereas I think of Venice as quite slow-paced and beautiful, and you just sit on a gondola just chilling out reading Very romantic. Um, I've been to Venice, and it, it's stressful. Um Right, just getting around. Yeah, it's just an absolute nightmare to get. It's a beautiful city, but if you've got anything to do, it is mm. stressful. Okay. <laughs> so, that's, and that's don't try know. and get around Venice after midnight. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they like weirdos roaming the streets? Yeah. No, the, the gondolas, like, they're one an hour after midnight. So if you miss one, you're waiting an hour to the next one. Wow. And I went on a work, work trip, um, and me and my colleague, who were sharing a room, um, we missed the gondola. Well, he got the gondola. I missed it, so I had to wait an hour to get back. So he got back to the hotel at 3 a.m. I got back at 4 a.m., by which time he'd fallen asleep with the only key to the room. So I was locked out through several doors, so me banging was not getting anyone up. So I had to oh, chase man. someone like from the conference we were at. We had to, I had to flag them down and crash in their room for the night because I couldn't get into my hotel room. Oh my so, god! And I blame the city of Venice for that. <laughs> so. I hold it personally responsible for my misfortune. Um, so Jose Carreras, he's my godfather. You're joking. <laughs> I'd be interested to see if he plays that little game he and I used to do. I pretend not to know each other. When he says that, Perry Gilpin looks like she's genuinely laughing at Frazier's at Kelsey's delivery because Kelsey's hilarious in that scene. Yeah, um, it's it's brilliant. Like it. It's um. It, it's interesting that Frasier is trying to impress here. He yes. is actively lying to impress. He's not telling, you know, stories about himself to big himself. He is lying to impress the guy. Which is um, never going to work out. Because he clearly feels inadequate. And it's really yeah. interesting because Kelsey so often... Well, I say Kelsey. Um, Frasier does not really need to feel inadequate. Usually he just tells people these stories and they, they fall over for him. Yeah. 
But the fact that he's having to actually make something up is it's really interesting and really telling. Absolutely. Also, I had no idea who Jose Carreras was. I thought he was a baseball player. <laughs> Jose could say go. Oh, that's who it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mr. Burns has done it. <laughs> I was thinking, wasn't he in Homer at the bat? And it wasn't. Yeah. There's, uh, I think he, yeah, he's, he's one of the three tenors. Um, ah, I think it's like Pavarotti, Pavarotti, yeah. um, Placido Domingo. Oh, that's good. I thought he was an artist, but if I he's think, a singer, even better. Because we were going to see him in, in season 11, The Doctor is Out. Placido! Placido <laughs> Domingo! Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're the three tenors. Well, I think they're the three tenors. Um what we got here. So Clint, I've, I've put here Clint's powers are now starting to get insane. Um, I yes, think that he stops most, traffic. Yeah, he stops traffic, a little bit like Superman. He fixes the, the ice machine, which we're going to get there. Um, he's in the radio. I mean, the delivery of Kelsey here with, oh, listeners are very familiar now with my trademark echoing cough. <laughs> I love that line. It's such a good line. <laughs> that absolutely destroys me. It might be one of my favourite favorite lines from the episode closely followed by another delightful delivery by kelsey here the way he really gets his mouth around the word womb it's like um it's a lot like regressing into the womb (laughs) and he really hits the bassiness there um and and yeah just what the hell Clint's Clint's all over this with his hyperglycemic egg solution. How, how good is Clint? Of genuine curiosity, do you <laughs> how think? How good is Clint? <laughs> yes. I I've been to doctors where like you show them like a wound and they just go, yeah, that's a wound. That is, and then that's all they can do. He's diagnosing there. people like that. Um, what were you going to ask me then? Do you think we are meant to like Clint in this episode? I think. That's a really, really good question. Because I feel like on paper, you're not. But the way Billy Campbell plays it, you do. I completely agree. I think we're meant to get joy out of Fraser and Niles both thwarting him at the end. I actually just feel really sad for him. Yeah. But also his hubris to, to, to presume to sing in front of everyone is absolutely bizarre. Well, it um, is bizarre because he must have done it before. Oh, he's got previous. And, and so I do people just like him that much? Like, oh, you were so good. You know, it was amazing. Like you you could do an album. Yeah. That it I don't ever think he's arrogant, but at the point where at the end when he wants to sing, I'm like, you've just crossed a line there. Or um, is it something that is just such a he's good at everything, but the one passion he's got in life, he can't do. And it's that's singing. devastatingly sad. Isn't, isn't that sad? That's awful. But Honestly, he still does it anyway because he's a free spirit. He is. I'm going to be kept awake tonight by the thought that he never fulfilled his potential as <laughs> as the fourth tenor. Um, well, you were saying, I mean, you, you were just saying that um, Jose, it's not Carreras. Carreras, Carreras. He's his godfather. So was he raised in a family of music and he's the outcast because he can't sing? Maybe. And, 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 and if well, not, if they had a completely normal family life, what the hell are you playing at, Jose? Give him some lessons. Yeah. You know, what oh, are they doing on Christmas Clint, Day? Clint's backstory is devastating. I want a Clint <laughs> origin story. We've dived deep into the lore of Weber um, this episode. We're getting we're getting deeper all the time. Um, the clerk at Robert's now. Do you recognize him at all from any other sitcoms? This isn't like a super test, but I've seen him in something else. I don't I think so, but I wasn't paying that much attention. So, so he plays a very similar f- character. Is it from a show you love? Yes. Is that show Gilmore Girls? No. Oh. He's in Friends. 
Um, oh, so, who does he play in Friends? So there's an episode of Friends where Ross finds out that his book is in a section in the library at the university where people go to have sex. Um, the episode. Yeah, and he asks the clerk, the librarian, who is this man, um, about where his book is located, and the guy thinks Ross is propositioning him, and he says, "I don't get off till five and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> um, so that is that's where I thought I recognised him. So I did a bit of IMDBing. So I did actually look something up for once um, and found out that that is where he's from. Um, but yeah, uh, we kind of move from Robert's. There's a bit of kind of back and forth at Robert's now, but moving back to to KCL in the interest of time because this episode is already quite bumper sized um we've got the uh we've got Clint finishing Fraser's story I'm sorry to jump in there Fraser but I believe that's the story you're going to tell um this is, a, this is such a dick move you can't is, do but this. I also just love it. I'm on the Clint train at this stage and I'm like yeah you go on mate you can do it better we're okay, team Clint baby <laughs> I just absolutely love it. and the fact that He's halfway through the story that he's not taken over. We haven't seen him take over. He is just halfway through this story that he's telling so wonderfully. And then the little <laughs> look where he makes Frasier feel like a child. And yeah. it's just amazing. It's so good. And that is an awful feeling when someone finishes a story or joke for you. So it's just... Actually, well, I think what you meant to say. Whoa, was... whoa, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> hey. um, next, you're going to be making a, I'm trying to think of a, a drink. You could have to, a key, key lime pie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to go what is that? I key lime pie is actually a thing, but you, you are key. <laughs> it's like you got halfway through your sentence, didn't know what to do, and you just went with like the average sentence finisher. Don't you just key hate me good uh, bad things pie. happen to good sentences to quote yes. the late great Kate Costas? Um a pink Weber, would you have one? Yeah, it sounds nice. I don't I know what's in it. Delicious. Suspiciously like Pepto Bismol, but um, I um Pink Weber in my head, I'm thinking yeah. Cosmo. Like yes. very sweet, very mm, yeah. It's a variant on a Cosmo, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think I it's think basically it's... a Cosmo. He's just changed the name. Oh, I don't think I've ever had a Cosmo, but I'd be I'd be very willing to. Have I only one. have had two Cosmos, and I've only ever had it on one occasion in my life. But I had two because the person I was with didn't want it, so I drank mine and theirs. Nice. Yes. Did you ever watch Fairly Odd Parents? I did. Cosmo being his male godparent. Yes, alongside um, Wonder. Yes. Um, that's not a tangent I thought we'd go on today. I know, but honestly, listeners, when Frasier comes to a rap, which with the delays we're currently having could be about 15, 20 years. Oh, yeah. Um, is Fairly Odd Parents podcast next? Fairly Odd Parents slash Clint Weber. <laughs> we'll see. Um, that's not the same chessboard as we saw in Chess Pains, if it I'm is not, not mistaken. Is it? Yeah. No, he's not playing on the elegant Parisian style one. Do you, do you think he'd leave it out? Do you reckon at this stage would Frazier be leaving out his elegant chessboards to impress because he's so he's feeling inadequate, mm. or is he still thinking he doesn't want them around the the common public? I I think he should be putting it out because he would want to flaunt it. But you I would say that. he's playing against a Russian chess grandmaster, so someone who is infinitely his superior. Because there's no way Frazier's even close to like international master level, let alone grandmaster. Um, that chessboard from Chess Pains, incredibly impractical to play a game of chess on. And if you're playing against a competitive player, because you just can't, you can't quickly distinguish the pieces. Mm-hmm. You need to be playing on a simple board with black and white pieces. That that one from Chess Pains, like most ornamental chess boards, lovely to look at, a nightmare to play on, and you would never yeah. ever see them in competitive chess. Um, so spoken like someone who runs chess club at his school. Oh, um, that's adorable. That's me. 
Um, you, did you do you teach kids about the Zakrepsky attack? Zakrepsky method. Um, I don't actually know this move. I haven't actually valid, uh, validated whether it actually is an opening or, or a move. Um, but it's weird because he's been playing for like eight months, Frazier says. And what Clint identifies, you don't normally have names for things past the opening of chess. Like the Sicilian approach. The, Sicil- the Sicilian defense. <laughs> I'm begging you, Kate. You kept calling it the approach when we played. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you have you have openings. that Those are well established. And then you have your middle game and you have your end game. But there's not a fat lot of tend. Well, there doesn't tend to be that many names for attacks. I, I love the, the 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 nature of chess. Like it, it's it's a wonderfully, in some ways, pompous game. And How dare you? and and the way you just went. So in chess, we have what we call the beginning, and then the middle, and after that, we have the end. <laughs> like the, <laughs> but the rest of us didn't work out what was coming. It's the openings, the middle game, and the end game. Honestly, <laughs> and to quote the great Magnus Carlsen. His favourite portion is middle game because it comes down to pure chess. <laughs> I love that quote because I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and to quote, in terms of the end game, to quote Iron Man, I am Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> very, very relevant. <laughs> um, the the singing now, finally, yes. an Achilles heel. We, we see the chink in his armor and he's tone deaf and it's quite sad yeah and just the moment that actually i i think this is the big tip off in this episode that we're meant to dislike him is the fact that daphne starts to like him yeah and i and don't mind meant... actually it makes me just think niles you creep yeah and, and i think we're meant to feel protective of niles and want him to immediately fail but it does not work for me at all i think that um, I just sort of yeah, I'm, I'm a bit like you. I feel a bit sorry for Clint. I sorry, about as sorry as you can for someone who is amazing at everything. But um, I don't, I don't want to see him fail. I, he's a really nice guy. He's he just genuinely just seemed like a really nice stand up guy. <laughs> he does. He's like I, don't, the, I don't want to see him fail either. I mean, he's like the first time that we meet Joe when he's just wearing his shirt as a jacket. Joe, not I'll like l- Joe and leave him Joe. <laughs> exactly. You know, like not like Joe, Joe a few episodes in. No, no, no. Number one, Joe. Number one, he's got his shacket on. He's woke. He's she couldn't help but you know. There's some sweat on your back. Joe, love him and leave him, Joe. We love Joe, didn't we? Oh, I love Joe. Absolutely That's love him. Like, and then, then look what he did. Look what that son of a bee did. Dreadful. Uh, uh, Fraser is so smug at the end of this episode. Um, come on, people. Nobody's perfect. Nice call back to the title. Um, you know, the smugness is funny, but our hearts are with Clint. Yes, absolutely. We've established that. I left my heart in San Fran Web Web. <laughs> Don't you hate it when bad things happen to good sentences? Uh, the post-credit scene is Martin trying to get back into the French shop, yes. hiding outside of the newspaper. Um, does he? Does he get in? I think. Does he send a kid in? That's what the kid's doing. Yeah, yeah. The kid comes out and he sent him in, which is so such a lovely, you know, flip of the classic trope. Hey, old yeah, man. The kids go, sending an old man in to get cigarettes or something. Get, oh, yeah, buy me some liquor. Yeah. Um, so, really superb. Uh, top 10, Mr. Leahy. I mean, I don't know how many picks I got left, to be honest with you. Um, I know you've not. You're, I think you're on about six. 
Okay. You'll um, have to run through them for the next step, but um, I, I will. I'll have to catch up what I've actually said and work it out. You but... might have. Well, I mean, we've. Is the ski lodge in your top ten? Yeah, it probably would have been. Yeah. So, so you need to add that. Um, and obviously we've missed Ham Radio as well. Well, I've missed it. Um, yes, God, that, that, that would have been ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. Um, um, honestly, I'm just a ghost. I'm the old woman, haggard, haggard old woman. Miss Havisham. Like, yeah, I've missed Havisham. That's what I'm doing. I'm just that. <laughs> um, Is this episode in your top ten? You know what? It's not. But I had, I really had forgotten how good this episode is. I'm inclined this, to agree. This is one where I thought, oh, when you said to me like a couple of days ago, Key, do you want to record? We're doing the perfect guy. And I thought, oh, that's just a filler episode. It'll be fine. I'll do it anyway, you know, but why not? Yeah. Um, but it's a filler episode. It's not, it's, it's a really, really, really good episode. It's really strong. So many good jokes. Clint is super likable. Okay. I love Clint. Um, and, and yeah, it's a really strong episode from start to finish. But that said, I just think to get in the top 10, you need something a little special. You need some kind of spark. And whilst it's very funny, Clint is great. It just doesn't have that spark for me of something a little bit more. I completely concur. Um, and my, my go-to whenever I'm benchmarking episodes that just fall outside of the top 10 is Breaking the Ice from season two. This is in the same kind of realm um, yeah. as is the, the Matchmaker and things like that. Um, and the matchmaker could very well be in my top ten if I if I really wanted it to be. Um, but yeah, this is a great episode. Uh, actor, who have you gone for? Right, you're gonna think I'm crazy. Oh, I, I think I am. He has a grand total of three lines. <gasps> but it's Gil. Yes, <laughs> love She's that. Not a cat. Love that from you. She's not a cat. He just absolutely dominates. He comes in and he just sweeps everyone off their feet. And I just love it. I'm absolutely in love with it. And every single word, every syllable he utters is perfect. And I think in this episode, I think I think Clint's the real star of the episode more generally. And there's nice little bit. I mean, Martin, he's all right. He's not all that. Niles isn't in it very much. Frasier, I think it's a little bit unlikable at the end. So... Go with Clint. Uh, sorry, not go with Clint. Go with, <laughs> go with Gil. Go with Clint. Um, that's a fantastic pick, and I really like that. I, I've gone with Frage because I just think some of the lines that he delivers, um, an aging Narcissus, um, the womb, um, you know, uh, fraught with delightful possibilities. Um, he does really get his mouth around some fantastic lines in this. So for me, it's got to be Frage. Um our man on the ground, Kenley Burlinke. It's been a while since you've uh, shook hands with the big man himself. What's his singular flaw? If you were, if you had to write up a curriculum vitae, what's not going on lists of strengths? You know, I think he's too hard on himself. Is like he a, knows. Have you just done the, the classic thing where you flipped a flaw into a strength? This isn't a job interview. <laughs> okay, he's too hard on himself. He's too hard on himself. He like he knows he's the greatest. Yeah. Well, he could probably stand to be greater. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. So he's he's self-critical. Yes, Kennedy's got to work on that. Um, who's crane is it anyway? Um, that's all that remains to play before we jump over to the mailbag. Um, I've got a I've got a, I've got a, a two-word phrase, which is a woman. KACL has this down as being said a couple of times. One of them, I'm very unsure, is actually said where they've transcribed it. One of them definitely is said, and it's the one that I had in mind. Who says a woman? A woman. A woman. 
Okay. Oh, I need to double check this. So my first thought is that it's maybe someone like um, Frasier when he's speaking to Ros, when he's like, oh, about the book teeth, you know, oh, you, I don't know. You're a, I don't know, like. Okay, some... two people actually say this directly after one another in successive lines of dialogue. So there's two people I can accept. Is either of them Frasier? No. Um. <laughs> Neither of them is Frasier. Do you want to have another guess? It's got to be girl. Like, she's not a dog, she's a woman. You're married to a woman? Of yes. course to a woman. <laughs> you all heard me mention Deb. <laughs> How many times have I said I must be running along now? Deb will be waiting. We all thought she was a dog. She's not a cat. A cat? She's oh, Mrs. Gil- she is Mrs. Gilbert Leslie Chesterton. Um... But yeah, that is that is who I was looking for. Bulldog or the Jailmeister. Wow. Oh, hard G there. Uh, soft G. Um, all that remains is Jumbo to listener mail. You ready to roll? Yes. Raz, who's our next caller? I would be honoured to read out the first one because that is our boy MK, Mischief Knight. He says, the next time I desire this podcast, I'll see the back of Steve's head. A quote reference there to room service. Uh, we're not okay, but we will be. Just kidding. Awesome episode, guys. Uh, more to come, but I'm going to be away for two weeks starting in early May, so I may be hit or miss. Um, early May, God, that was a month ago. Uh, trivia and fun bits for the perfect guy. We finally meet the much ballyhooed and freshly hired Dr. Clint Webber, despite being referenced several times this season as already being on the air. I did want to bring this up, actually, because we mentioned this a while ago. He's already been mentioned as someone at the, at the station, but he's treated as he's brand new here. Uh, the S episode ends with Clint singing, Isn't it romantic? This is likely a Cheers reference, as in Season 9, Episodes 15, The Days of Wine and Neuroses. The bar's jukebox is broken, and they temporarily replace it with a karaoke machine. Frustrated that Norman Cliff is singing dumb songs with dumb voices, Frasier hijacks the machine and serenades the bar for the next two days as though he's a lounge act. His first song, Isn't it romantic? Wow. That's a nice fun bit. That's a brilliant. That's what MK does. That is what he does. He's doing the stuff that we should be doing. That's why we need him. He is. He should be hosting this thing. (laughs) Uh, Next up, have we got La La Lins? I'd probably do. Um, So, hi, Will, Key, and Steve. I just started listening to the podcast two weeks ago after somebody mentioned it on the Office Ladies podcast subreddit. And I'm loving the pod. Look, we're getting out there. We've got. That's a really big podcast as well. Wow. Look at that. Um, cool. And I'm loving the pod so much. I've almost completed your season one episodes. By the way, I'm listening from Canada. I live in London, Ontario, aka the boring London. Mm. I would much rather live in the boring London. I'm I'd just throwing it out there. Than it sounds amazing. Um, I might start listening to some of the newer episodes as well, so I can join in the trivia fun. I consider myself a true fanatic, and I've done the Office and Simpsons trivia in the past. So I'd love to write some questions for you guys. Keep up the good work. I love your banter, particularly the Kennedy Burling bit, and how you're currently mentioning it in other episodes. Oh, that's nice. Kennedy gets a lot of love. Uh, Cam Winston, how are we, team? Room service, another great episode, well represented in this glorious podcast. Steve, I'm starting to think you are a smarty pants with getting all my trivia correct, so let's try and make things a lot harder. When you fell in for key, I feel like I'm in with a chance. Um, but alas, you must be channeling his inner eminence to add to your own. Maybe you both attended Princeton together. 
No, no. Will, Will was uh, Will. What am I doing today? Honestly, Steve was eminent. Well, my eminence was merely preeminence. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the perfect guy is a wonderful inner message episode, isn't it? About not worrying what others are like and just be yourself. Frasier, as usual, due to being threatened and jealous, obsesses over trying to find a flaw within Doctor Webber. And for me, I feel somewhat related to. Uh, I feel somewhat related to this as I have too needed to learn through life the importance of just being the best me I can be. So my message to all of you superb people of the WLP family, be yourself and embrace those that come along that journey with you. Peace, lads. And as always, hashtag up the villa. At time of writing this, the mighty villains are sitting fifth on the EPL ladder. Well, we finished seventh. We are in Europe. Times are good, baby. And we've got through a whole episode without talking about the villa. Honestly, mate, I'm so excited. I'm buzzing for next year. I cannot wait for Thursday nights under the lights. Villa Park is going to be amazing. Okay, we have to try and get to Villa Park together. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've got we've, I've got current membership. I've got tickets. I did have that um, maybe last season, I've, but I've got two. I've fine. never I've never seen a Villa game live with you, and I think that's a travesty. Okay, we'll do. We'll do. We, we've seen each other at the Villa. We've run into each other. We just didn't watch the game together. Yes, we did. We did. <laughs> But we, we have to do that. But yeah, we we'll absolutely do it. That sounds fantastic. Um, but also, just on, on Hammy's message, that is such a, a a vital message. Just be yourself. Embrace yourself. The journey you're going on. It's so easy in this age of social media to compare yourself to where other people are at their stage of life. Everyone's on a different journey. Everyone's on a different path. So just go at your own pace and don't worry what anyone else is doing, basically. A effing men. Um, next up, Ashley2 says, Hi guys, uh, thanks for reading out my comment, although since I posted that I have changed tact and I'm now listening from the start. I'm sure I'll be finishing season two soon as I have a long flight tomorrow. And of course, Steve is an honorary brummy. Listening to some of the episodes recording during lockdown, others commented that it feels like listening to friends chatting, and I think that's why I've been racing through them. The accent makes me feel like I'm home, and the chat between yourselves feels like old friends, so there is something comforting about that. Keep up the great work. Oh, that is absolutely lovely. Um, He's a goth now. Great episode, lads. Something that jumped out to me was Daphne's passive reaction to Martin's blood pressure, 240 over 11. This reading is caused for an immediate trip to the hospital. It causes blurred vision, headaches, and abdominal pain. Stroke, fits, and kidney failure may occur over a period of days or weeks, according to kidney.org.uk. And yet Daphne seems more concerned with zither music. Very well. By the way, yeah, as if you haven't guessed, Key, the episode you missed was Beware of Greeks. Yeah, so I did think so. <laughs> you didn't you didn't miss much. Oh, I really wanted just to get into it, just ripping it to shreds, to be honest. I mean, it, it wasn't even as fun ripping it to shreds as I thought it might be. Um, but yeah. I mean, in fact, it was a very unprofessional episode because I had forgot to watch the last third, and so Steve had to become main host. While I mean, just so this this podcast so unprofessional. I don't know why people are still listening, but God bless you that are still listening right now. Um, next up, I think we have Zimbabwe Latte, who says, "I've finally done it. I've listened to every single episode. I'm now part of the Caught Up Club. From the first episode where we mused over the innocent and childlike nature of Key's diet, canned beans and sausages, nice. through the great semi-bottle debate, I am pro semi-bottle and I vote. Yes, remember <laughs> semi-bottle debate? Oh, we should day. so get bumper stickers made. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, Potato Gate mentions of Charl um, tiptoeing in. Ah. Um, all the way to the wonderful Steve era, a whole new British accent. And look at this, I am caught up on one of my top tens. I love room service. Yes, the transgression is egregious. What Lilith and Niles do is terrible. However, I cannot resist being newest in this episode, and apparently I'm not the only one. 
She's so incredibly gorgeous, and it makes all the sense in the world to me that she'd nab two cranes. <laughs> she presents a very reserved gal to the world, so seeing her lose herself and be naughty is fun. <laughs> she does this a few times in Cheers, too. I also love the fact that we see her happily eating her breakfast, uh, bathroom breakfast, applying a heavy dose of ketchup to her eggs. She's so humanized here, and it's honestly the epitome of a woman in her 30s and 40s living her best life. You go, Lilith. Easy up, girl. <laughs> A, a big hearty thank you for continuing to add so much value to our lives with We're Listening. You've narrated many a work commute, dog walk, workout, and a house cleaning session, and I'm so grateful for that. Please plug your coffee account more. You really do deserve it. I know you're busy and time is so valuable these days. I can't help but feel your community is always happy to offer support and simply say thank you. Best, Sunny. That is an absolutely lovely comment. That's and I also, lovely. I also love the idea that people are listening to... to to the podcast whilst working out the idea that there's this big guy like six pack muscles like bench pressing like i don't know 300 pounds or something and he's just like listening to us while he's doing it (laughs) that is that is a wonderful image to think about (laughs) what am i gonna do to get me get that little bit of extra strength i know i know we're listening i'm gonna stick on will gains dave um skin of the soup says hey fellas i'm currently up to episode 87 the impossible dream but I couldn't hold it in any longer, and I need to tally my top 10 Frasier episodes. In order, starting from 10, Taking Liberties, Four for the Seesaw, My Coffee with Niles, Author, Author, Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz, The Innkeepers, The Matchmaker, The Ski Lodge, Ham Radio, and number one is The Candidate. Love your work, boys. Keep it up. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this list once I make it to the episode this is featured on. That's an incredibly strong list. That's a really good list. Four for the seesaw, absolutely, to quote Alan Partridge. Taking liberties, a very popular one in the community. Um, Can't really knock anything there. Um, The candidate I enjoy... I would yeah, I'm surprised it's to... as high as it is, but it is I such agree. a strong episode. It is very Merry strong. Merry Christmas, Mrs. Mockowitz. Phenomenal episode. That's got to be people's favourite Christmas episode across the board. Mine is, yeah. is We Two Kings, but people love Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz. Um, I also do love the first. I think it's it, Miracle on 3rd or 4th Street. Um, That's nice, with just, the diner. Yeah, just because yeah. it's such a sweet ending, I think. Um, it is. But Merry Christmas, Mrs. Waskowitz. I've told you before, I have a Christmas run through of TV shows and films I watch, and that is always, always on there. And I love that you do that. So um, We were we were meant to watch stuff together last year, and it <laughs> never happened. Um, but I'm a bad friend. No, no, it's all on me. It's all on me. This year, mate, this year's the year. 2023's the Honestly, year we all around. This year, Will and Key on tour. You know, where was it we said we were going last a minute ago? Um Based on someone else's comment, I can't. I don't know. We, we said Ming Moon at one Karaoke, karaoke. <laughs> that was it. Uh, but thank you, everyone who wrote in. Uh, so lovely to hear from you all, and a really lovely fit for Key to catch up on on some some listener mail as well. Uh, next week, um, which will be the bad, it will be bad dog. Good episode. Good episode. Bulldog heavy. He's been a little bit cheeky. Um, he's get stolen valor. Um, and it's going to come back to bite him on the ass. Um, but other than that, I've been Will. I've been Key. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, man. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you, pegs. Ha, 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 ha. 
But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. 